Division Two, um, coming off the single most surprising game in the history of the NBA, um, given the expectations before the game and then the score. Um, we have Ro here today, a Sun super fan. We have Drew, a Mad super fan. Um, they're gonna duke it out a little bit, um, but first, I just want to hear. From Aro, what exactly went down in the valley on Sunday night, and what were what what what's like the timeline of your reaction when it's you know when it's twenty four fifteen and then when it's thirty point lead and just everything that led up to that. So my night was a little bit of a mess because we had originally uh, so I had a couple friends graduate that morning, and so I was gonna have uh, you know dinner with them and like their families, and we we're gonna watch the game together. Uh, the place that we picked out closes at 9 Eastern. The game started at 8, so we weren't going to be able to go. Um, at the last second, they find a Chili's that's open until 11. Um, but I don't end up going for the first half, so I'm watching the first half by myself at home. Um, when like You could already kind of tell that they were going to lose because uh, like you saw Booker just missing shots. That, like he I live bet them very early in the game when it was like 15 yeah. to 8. No, really? Dallas, because they were still, yeah. still live underdogs. Yep. Like when yep. it was like that when was they were so up smart. like 10. Yeah, you could tell. Like, small bet, but yep. just put that in immediately. Because everyone was tight. Um, like it, it looked like they were playing their first game seven, which they were. And so I think Chris Paul might have been the only player that's played in a game seven before. Uh, I could be wrong. Troy Craig may have and Jay may have. But I think CP3 is the only one that's that's played in like quite a few. Yeah. Um, and – yeah, I mean, that's the funny thing, I guess. Like, Dallas weirdly had, like, more experience in Game 7s than, than we did coming in. Um, but, yeah, it, it just felt like everyone was so tight. Um, they were kind of trying to run their stuff, but the Dallas defense was, was doing a pretty good job, like I said in the preview, you know, episode, that, you know, they, they kind of pushed people away from their spots really well, and they, they forced Booker into, you know, slightly awkward shots. Um, but still, you know, it felt like makeable looks and they just weren't making anything. They weren't making stuff at the rim either, which was like the really frustrating part. I think Booker missed a layup and then Aiden missed like a little hook shot that like, you know, that's just, he's just got to make him. Um, and so you kind of tell, I, I was pretty sure early on that we're going to lose. I didn't think we we're going to lose like that. Um, but yeah, I think at halftime, uh, I was already pretty much like, yeah, like game's done. I think they were already up by what, 30 at that point. It might've been 30 at that point. Right. Yeah. Um, 27 points and a half, probably the most like embarrassing performance that I've seen out of these guys. Um, and I thought game three was really bad. I thought game six was really bad. And then they somehow like outdid themselves in game seven, which is um, just <laughs> incredible. Um, so that was, yeah, really frustrating half of basketball for me to watch. And then I go to Chili's at half because I'm like, I, like, I can't I can't take this anymore. Man. Like, I just kind of... <laughs> Um, see my friends one last time uh, and so uh, I go over there um, and you know I was kind of like half watching the second half but like you never really you know you're not really watching too closely at that point um, and so I'd yeah had uh, had my beers had a good time with my friends tried to think about anything but sons basketball texted drew congratulations which uh, i texted drew congratulations at halftime and he's like dude shut the fuck up like you know you guys still got a chance like dude you're up by 30 we can't score points i would consider it a win if we get past 60 points today so <laughs> yeah that was uh that was my night uh it was pretty brutal i tried to stay off twitter for the most part and then ended up going on it later at night um but yeah i mean you know they, they just 
did not show up in, in any way, uh, shape or form. Booker was just, yeah, missing, missing stuff. Um, you know, I, I didn't even think he was getting bad looks. I didn't think he was forcing stuff like game six. It felt like more like they were kind of forcing stuff. They're, you know, turnovers. This one was just, they weren't making shots. Um, Chris Paul just, I mean, I don't know. He turned 37, man. And, and the aging all caught up to him in, in one go and he's been bad the rest of the series since. So he was just off. Um, Aiden looked pretty bad in the minutes that he played. Obviously, he got benched pretty early. I think he only played 17 minutes in the game. Um, but I don't think it really made a difference. Um, you know, like I, I understand why he's frustrated about it. Obviously, he would have wanted to play most of the game in a game seven, uh, even down by that much. But, uh, you know, look, it, he wasn't going to change the, the tide of the game. Um, you know, and he I think that's the biggest conversation now is that, you know, he becomes a storyline moving forward of, is he going to come back? Is he going to be a son moving forward? Because I mean, you know, I think the reports coming out right after the game were like, Oh, like Aiden feels like the sons have lost faith in him, which, uh, you know, I, I think is not necessarily untrue. Uh, we didn't pay him last summer. Um, and it seems like, based on this series, you know, this is the kind of series that you expected him to dominate, um, that you needed him to dominate with how poor Dallas's like, you know, uh, rim protection is, how much of a size advantage he has inside. And it really felt like outside of maybe the first two games, uh, he didn't really show any signs of that, you know, um, game five, you can maybe kind of make a case that he was, he was pretty good in game five as well, but especially on the road, the, the effort wasn't there a lot of the time, the rebounding wasn't there. Uh, just so many things were missing and you know that can't happen right if you want to get paid those you know that kind of money um you got to show up and especially in a series that again like you have out of everybody on our team right booker had a tough matchup in dfs right i think we said before the series dfs was one of the better bookers or <laughs> better defenders on booker um you know this season um yeah. chris paul you know is not you know he's not at an advantage against Luca. Like Luca is going to outplay him most likely, even if Chris Paul is playing, you know, at an average, at the expected level for Chris Paul. Um, Aiden is a guy that, you know, th there's no excuse. I think he was getting out rebounded by Kleber at one point um, in, I think one of the games in game three and four, which like, it just can't happen. Um, and he's just never really got it going. And, and, you know, he can kind of <laughs> whine all he wants about not getting the ball, but like, you gotta, you know, you gotta demand the ball. Right. At some point. And, you know, it's as corny as it sounds like at the end of the day, like I don't think I ever looked at the positions that he was getting inside. And I was like, wow, like, why aren't they throwing the ball into him? Right. Why aren't they picking on this mismatch? Because it never really felt like they would be able to pick on those mismatches. Right. Um, games three and four, he wasn't making the shots when he got the ball anyway. So, um, you know, I just don't. He's a tough player to to gauge because the ex, like the numbers and the efficiency kind of paints the story of a big man who is dominant and deserves to get paid a certain amount of money, right? Probably the max. But if you actually look at the game by game, you know, if you watch him play in the way that he's getting those numbers, I don't know if that paints the picture of, of a max player, right? He's not, he may be one day a defensive player of the year candidate, but he's not there yet. Right. He's not a go bear type where it's just like, oh, his defense is incredible. And it's his offense in this series. I mean, it's such a massive letdown to, you know, that, that he couldn't just feast. Right. We, we've touted all year long. We're like, oh, like we're not Utah. Right. You go small against us. We punish you. And that's because of Aiden largely. And we didn't do that. And 
you know, there were stretches of, of games where, yeah, I mean, McGee or Biombo would have been a better option. Hell, I mean, we won uh, game two, was it, where Aiton was in foul trouble the entirety of the second half, right? And, and we still ended up winning that game because of massive performance from Biombo. Um, so, you know, that, that's the stuff that, like, a max player, I just don't know if that can happen. Um, you know, he's not a shot creator in that way. He, he can certainly develop into one, but he's not shown anything to me yet where it's like, wow, like, you know, we have to pay him. Otherwise we're like tanking away our you know entire future. Right. Um, questions moving forward or, or it's a lot, um, you know, what, what happens to Chris Paul? I honestly don't know. Um, I, we bring him back, I'm sure. But like, you know, I think we just need another, another scorer beside Booker because the amount of, blitzing that Dallas was just able to do constantly to Booker was, was incredible. You know, game well, six, Booker doesn't game work seven. on double teams, right? So don't give me that. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, like he, he picked y'all apart in double teams whenever he got the chance. I, I don't know. I don't, um, know. It... I don't think Booker's handling of double teams was my main concern. with No, the main concern is Aiden. You're right. And the main concern I, is Aiden. Aiden is always – Pivoting away from the rim, dude. He doesn't play I the force. It. Yeah, it's you're right. He doesn't demand the ball. To me, that was the biggest problem that they had in this series, where yeah. we thought they were going to be able to score with him consistently. Easy. And yeah. outside of game one, it really never happened. Um, and he was not able to take advantage of the, you know, the the size the size stuff with Dallas, where they're they're not playing with the big men. Powell did not play in the series much at all um, in the last four. Especially four when so Dallas games. started winning. Yeah, it yeah. Powell, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. When once once they made that adjustment, um, Aiton was not able to take advantage of it, and it's you've seen this with Gobert in the past, but it was almost magnified a little bit because um, had such high expectations of him. Yeah, and you didn't think you think that Gobert is the only person who has this problem and it's, it's been proven that Aiden does too. And if Aiden's not getting set up by a perfect pass from CP three, it's almost like he's ineffective completely. Um, yeah. yeah man, his I, hands are just so. Like, yeah. I, I just don't yeah. know where to go with Aiden. I think CP three will be back. And if I had to guess, I, would, I mean, he's, he's going to be 38 this time next year. I would, I yeah. would think he's going to retire in Phoenix, but um, yeah. it's not a guarantee. Um, he did want to go to Milwaukee before they got Drew. That was a big rumor that was happening around. I don't really see a great place for him. I would not enjoy him going to the Lakers at all, um, as possible as that might be. But yeah, I think I think Aiton's on his way out. I would uh, destinations possibly could include uh, Portland. Um, I was thinking Indiana. something something Anthony Simons related with Portland, um, Indiana. If if it's Turner, um, Chris Duarte. They, yeah. <laughs> you want Duarte? Is that what you want? Nah, I mean, not ideally, but like if that's the best we're going to get, I'll, I'll take that, okay. I guess. Uh, yeah, in front of Simons for sure. Um, and this, I mean, this is 2018 draft stuff too. That's another subplot that wasn't really talked about. Oh, um, God. Dude, we had some. We were on that like, though. I mean, Oh, yeah, I've been a Luca guy from, like, day one. But we've had Suns fans throughout the course of this series, especially after, like, the first two games, where they were like, oh, like, Luca and Booker were never worked out. Like, you know, we definitely made the right pick. It's like, dude, like, what are you talking about? Like, in what world was Aiden ever going to be a better player than Luca was? I, I just don't I, – I don't get it. I don't understand. Anyways, that's been frustrating the hell out of me, so.
that's probably the most frustrating part of all, right? Like, we, we could have had this guy, and he torched us. Yeah. Well, Drew, what did you see from Luca, and in terms of him, like, going up a level, do you think he – the confidence is, like, heightened there? It seems like he's always had, like, this supreme confidence in himself. But do you think, like, he has moved up the hierarchy of the league and is maybe the third best player in the world now, or – I mean, when you start talking about like rankings and stuff, especially when it when it uh, rolls around to playoff time, I think that the best players always elevate their games in the playoffs. And I mean, let, let's just look at the stats here. Luca outscored Devin Booker by over fifty points. He out rebounded DeAndre Ayton. He out assisted Chris Paul and had more steals than Macau Bridges. <laughs> Arthur just sitting sitting there sipping his coffee. I'm, a, I'm not I'm not <laughs> saying that as a as a that's not the a knock rebounding to the team. stat is like embarrassing for Ayton though. The rebounding like, let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh I mean, you know, Luca, he hit those first eight points in Game Seven, and you're kind of like, oh, it could be one of those nights. Like, I, you, I'm as a Mavs fan, I'm used to seeing it maybe once every 10, 15 games, where it's kind of like, oh, this is the night where he can't be stopped. And then when he did it in Game Seven, it was kind of like, okay, maybe we have a shot in this thing. But I mean, even throughout the entire uh, series, he, he, even down 0-2, he was confident in his guys, which I really did think was going to change after game two um and i mean they did a better job offensively hunting booker in game three and then aiden in game four and then in game seven or game six and seven making chris paul work on the defensive end because it was it was exactly what the suns were doing to uh luca in game one game one and two it was kind of like all right well this guy's going to shoulder so much of the load offensively well let's see if we can make him work defensively and then jason kidd he was kind of like wait we can do the same thing too so you know, it was it was fun to see um, the wins. You, obviously, there's some stuff that we'd like to clean up because we did get lucky with some of the uh, Phoenix looks at the rim that they missed, some of the open threes that they missed. They had made almost every game, you know, in the regular season. And um, yeah, man, that that was that was a fun that was a fun day for me. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um... I mean, I think I think we've covered most of what we need to say about it. Um, in terms of just like the shock value stuff, I don't think we were talking about before the podcast like what other games are up there. Um, I would say the the Rockets Clippers game five, where it's just Josh Josh Smith, Corey Brewer hitting threes, and they're lobbing it to Dwight. That would be up there. Will Harden's on the bench, and they come back. Um, that was definitely a WTF moment. Um, Aro's, Aro's idea was the Terrence Mann game from last year where he had 41 and the Clippers just blew the Jazz out of the floor and, they, and that was when they advanced to the conference finals. And that was a big um, comeback too, I think, right? Weren't they down like 20? Uh, they were down at half for sure. I don't down know how about – I don't know by how much. They ended up winning by like 20 to 25 yeah. at yeah, least. Crazy and, flip. Yeah. and it was Pat Beverly hitting threes in the corner and things like that. Um, yeah. That was definitely up there. Um, I think this game really surpasses it all, to be honest. And I don't even, like, to avoid the recency bias, I tried to, like, take a step back, like, all of yesterday and think about it. There's probably still a little bit there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think this really tops it all. I can't, I can't believe the – the. I mean, this is one of those games where people are going to have the, like, the screenshot of the TNT scoreboard and use it on Twitter. Like the, the famous example is like the Cavs Celtics where they're up 72 to 31 
mm-hmm. um, in the in the Eastern in the East Finals. Um, but I think it's going to be one of those games, and that's legacy for Chris Fall stuff. All of that. I don't know how much y'all want to talk about that too, but um, I, I mean. He just didn't show up, man. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. Like, do I, you believe I think, that he was actually hurt? Because I don't, like, I don't know how you can buy look, that. If he was hurt, I don't know why he was playing all those minutes. Like, that's what I don't get. Like, if you're hurt, admit you're hurt, and like we have Aaron Holiday on the bench, right? Like, we we have other guys that like if you're really that hurt, you're not gonna play 31 minutes to just get cooked over and over. Again. You know, like, it's just, that's the part that just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I don't, he, he looked like he was hurt, playing hurt, but like, I, I don't know. He's also like not hitting his shots either. So I, I don't know, man. I don't know if I fully buy it, but yeah. we'll see. Okay. Drew gave me a weird look there. I don't know because like it, it, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, Aaron holiday, Chris Paul, even if Chris Paul's 52 years old, I still take Chris Paul over Aaron holiday, but I mean, yeah, he wasn't, uh, Chris, Paul wasn't bad, man. Dude, Chris Paul wasn't shooting as much in the last five games. That could be because he was hurt. That could be because of something defensively Dallas was doing, but he like the first two games what he took, he, he scored what 47 points in the two games combined. Yeah. And then in the last five, yeah, I know he had 27 in game two. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I would never want to call out a player for faking an injury, but then again, like it was just kind of shady, the uh, circumstances. So I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, the other part of it is like, he's got an injury every single year. So like, it's just like, at some point, like you just kind of expect it. So it's just kind of a given, like you just got to play through it. We thought it was his, his wrist in the moment. We talked, when we talked after game six, we kind of like, we, we did a, we did a, pod like Sunday morning um, for both game sevens. And we, we kind of thought it was his wrist that was bothering him because there's a couple shots of the bench him on the bench in game six, where he's seemed like he was getting, getting worked on a little bit, but um, ended up being his left quad. Yeah. And like, like we said, I don't really know how much stock I put into that. The, the nature of it being like right after the series is kind of shady. Um, but, but Drew, you're right. He was not looking to score nearly as much. Um, and we've seen that before. And I think part of it was the Mavs slipping the switch on them. And in game two, we saw them, we saw the Suns hunt Luka in all kinds of action on the ball, off the ball. And Dallas did that right back to Chris Paul and really wore him down over the course of the series. But um, I will say the biggest switch I, I saw from Dallas was like, even in game five, we were still able to put Luka in a lot of off ball stuff. And he was still a little bit indecisive and like, that was a large part of the reason we won that game. Game six, seven, like he just committed to the double. They committed to the double every single time. His hands were unbelievable. He's forcing so many steals, and like it, it just threw us off, right? Like we we had that same pin down to like a like a handoff from Aiden to Booker every single time, and like he was getting doubled on that every single time, and he just never adjusted, you know. And it's like it, it, it was good on Dallas for like actually making us change it up, but we just never did. And so I don't know. It's frustrating, man. It's frustrating. Were you? like annoyed with the coaching stuff? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was annoyed with everything, but yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, look, I mean, he just doesn't, you know, in-game stuff was really frustrating, you know, um, game to game. Okay, like, you know, certain stuff happens. I think he did a fairly good job of like adjusting to, to you know, what we did wrong in game four and kind of making that a little bit better in game five. But, like, the in-game stuff in game six and game seven, I mean, that game seven was still, 
you know, like as bad as we were playing, Dallas didn't stretch it out really until I think it was the second quarter, you know, so you kind of had time there to, to try something different. You understand that like your guys aren't making shots, but like you got to try something different game six. I think like we talked about, like, you know, we just weren't taking threes at all. Right. You know, I think they had as many threes as we took threes. Right. And so, I mean, it's stuff like that where like you just kind of it's like the again, like, you know, Coach Bud, where like it kind of is the same. You're seeing the same thing over and over again. And it's not working. And like you got to at some point, I think you got to pull the plug and just try something different. You know, so I don't know if I saw enough of that in game. OK. Yeah. Well, all right. I think we I think we said all there needs to be said about that. Um that game and everything that everything that might happen because of it. Um, I am going to fix my internet very quickly, and then we will start um, previewing the series. All right, we're back. Um, we are going to talk about how the Mavs match up with the Warriors, who can guard Luca, if anyone, and how we think this is going to go down. Um, but Drew, we'll start with you. Um, how do you feel about this matchup? Are you confident? Um, any all of that? Uh, I was I was actually looking at the uh, matchup. I'm I was more confident about this series than I was about the Phoenix series because it seems like it seemed like in the Phoenix series you're gonna have the second uh, um, the other guys step up right like Brunson Dinwiddie because you're gonna have bridges on Luca or so I thought. And then you look at the Warriors and they don't really have that kind of versatile perimeter kind of lockdown guy who can go who can go just face up and guard Luka one-on-one the whole game. And even if they did have that, the Mavs would try and get switches for uh, on Looney or Porter, just anybody that Luka could try and bully. Um, I like the way we match up with this team. I know that our defense is probably going to have to be as good as it was in the last couple of games of the Phoenix series in order for us to uh, try and pull out wins. But I mean... I'm confident. I'm I'm a lot more confident than I was going to the Phoenix series. I am too in Dallas. I'm pretty I feel good about it. Um I I would expect that Wiggins is gonna get the Luca matchup to start. Um I don't know how long it's gonna last. Um and I think the Chris Paul hunting that we saw is going to be ramped up to a whole new level with Poole and Clay. Um and Steph. Even Steph at times. I mean, oh, Steph, is, Steph is. I think Steph's more capable than people give him credit for. But like, um, not against Luca. Not against Luca. No, that's the thing. And like Brunson is going to be able to to score on pool and Dinwiddie, all these guys. Um, yeah, I. I mean, it's hard to pick against Golden State. I, I do think my 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 big prediction would be that the Mavs lose Game One and then win the series. Um, and I think that might happen in the East as well. But um, I, yeah, I mean, Kleber, the emergence of Kleber as being someone who can actually play like 35 plus minutes in these games has been huge for them. Um, Draymond is going to be able to help like when the Mavs get you in rotation and like sort of flatten you out and um, kick to their open shooters. Draymond is going to help with that a lot. Um, but I think as the series goes on, this is very, I mean, honestly, this is going to be very much like a shooting variance kind of series. It feels like where like if the Warriors just decide to hit 18 threes and, you know, a game and Dallas only hits six, like that's how it's going to go. Um, but 
I do trust Dallas's shooters to at least match what Golden State can do. Um, and Dallas is a great defensive team in their own right. I mean, we have to give them credit for that. That's That's been the Jason Kidd change. And Aro and I were definitely tough on him um, early and did not think he was going to be able to put some of this stuff together. Um, hey, those Christmas workouts work, man. Christmas workouts work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, one of, one of my, my big predictions that I had at the beginning of the year was was that Luca would get to the Western Conference Finals in spite of him, but it's really been them working together. Um, and I don't know if y'all saw that clip from Game Seven, the where TNT mic'd him up, Drew's not it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The kid and, mic'd up. Yeah, yeah. kid, kid, yeah, and he's, awesome. he's like coaching them on the fly. That was really cool. Um, and like Kerr, I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not a, the biggest fan of Coach Kerr. Um, I think like he he tends to be a little uh, conservative with how he uses Steph with the pick and roll stuff, um, and yeah, I think Poole might. I mean, Poole got, might get played off the floor. I don't know what what starting lineup the Warriors are going to run in this. Um, Probably the regular, right? I mean, like, the regular was Clay, Gary Steph. Payton, but um, well, yeah, but like Clay, Steph, Wiggins, Draymond, and Looney. Looney, expect. yeah, go big first, and then and then like adjust. take off Looney because he's going to get played off the floor in like the first five minutes. Yeah, I think Porter <laughs> is going to be huge for them in this series as well. Yeah. Just in terms of like matching some of the size that Dallas has with Kleber, like in uh, maybe guarding Luca on ball in some of these situations. Because um, I do think you want to keep Draymond roaming at because it's what he's best at. Um, but yeah, I, I'm gonna go Mavs in six here. Um, I feel pretty good about it. I'm gonna wait to bet it until we see the results of Game One. Um, see if I can maybe get a better number on it. Um, if the Mavs do indeed lose game one, but uh, yeah, I, I feel good. Um, Luca's a fucking killer. And even if it goes to seven games, like I'd still feel pretty good um, if the, about them winning Golden State. The Chase Center is not Oracle Arena. Um, it's just not. And I, I don't think Luca would give a shit anyway, but um, frankly, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm I don't see a way that they can stop him consistently. If Mikhail Bridges couldn't do it, I don't know that anyone on Golden State could either. Yeah, um, that, that's probably the biggest worry that I have with Golden State is just, like, how do you stop Luka penetration? You know, like, I just don't see – like Drew was saying, like, they don't really have a perimeter guy that can, like, really match up like that. Um, and, I mean, we threw a lot of bodies at him, man. We, we had – Everything from Mikhail to Jay to, to Cam Johnson go on him. You know, uh, we had Booker on him for a little bit, whatever, you know, whatever we threw at him, like he's going to get penetration. And then, yeah, I think Draymond is a lot, ball, a lot better off ball defender than like anybody that we had. But, you know, like I, that's why like I could see Golden State taking the first couple games of the series just with kind of Luca maybe struggling to, to read Draymond and like maybe Draymond getting the early step on him. But, like, as soon as you kind of give Lucas some time to figure out, like, how Draymond is going to play off ball and how Golden State's going to defend off ball, I just think, like, it's a wrap. And then it's just matters of, you know, can the rest of the Mavs guys hit threes. Um, so I didn't even see them, yeah, like, going down 0-2, and I would still feel fairly confident going back to Dallas, to be honest with you. Um, you know, they, they just did it in this series, and I think they could probably do it again. Um, the threes, I mean, this is going to be – like uh, the way that I was thinking about this was probably like Houston Golden State light from like 2017. Uh, you sort of have like a ball dominant, you know, point guard in Luca, 
um, for Dallas. And then Golden State is largely the same. You just are missing um, KD. Uh, so it's a bit of a, a lightened version of that series. But it's just going to be so many threes back and forth, man. I mean, you look at some of the regular season games they had, and you know it's kind of the same same deal. I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but um, I was going back and looking at the highlights from from their March meeting, and like it was literally just them trading threes back and forth. So um, you know you could be seeing uh, some like all time high numbers for <laughs> threes taken in a playoff series and threes taken per game in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, a lot of it's going to come down to can Kleber uh, keep up his you know rate that that he was hitting threes against us. Um, Bertans was kind of crazy from three against us. The fact that Bertans uh, did not get played off the floor oh my God, on defense yeah. is pretty damning. Yeah, dude. We could not, like, we didn't punish them at all for, like, they could run whatever lineup they wanted to, and just we just weren't punishing it, um, especially in Dallas, but, and then obviously in the game seven. But, um, yeah, but I, I don't really see Golden State being able to do that either. Right? Golden State's not, like, going to be matchup hunting. Um, so a lot of it's just going to come down to like, you know, can kind of like Bartons and, you know, whoever else is coming on from the bench, like can they kind of keep their head and, and stay engaged off ball? But, you know, if you got the contestant, like at the end of the day, like, it's, again, like you said, it's going to come down to three-point shooting variance because I think both teams are going to get the looks they want. Um, it's just going to be whoever like actually ends up making the shots. Yeah, I, I mean, I also think, I mean, Obviously, both teams are going to get the looks. The Warriors have gotten the looks for the last eight, ten years, and yeah. nobody's been able to stop them. And then I think anytime Luca, Dinwiddie, Brunson uh, get one foot in the paint, the uh, probability uh, no, that's an open three somewhere. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I mean, somebody's open, and then it's just a matter of them making it. Like DFS and what was it? Game four had eight threes. Oh my God. And I mean, yeah, I think he was six six in the first half, something like that. It was just insane. Yeah. He kept getting the open looks, and he kept hitting right. them. And I mean, they're not going to hit. Uh, 60% of their threes, which they they somewhat did in the first half of game uh, – what was it? I think it was game four where they hit some, four, some ridiculous yeah. in the first half. But, yeah. I mean, it's going to be there. And, I mean, I, I also think the second team, we, we have a sneaky, I, I, sneaky advantage because I, I like Frank Nilakina. Um, I think I saw a stat <laughs> the other day he when he was the on-ball defender – um, on Chris Paul and Devin Booker, he held them to three for 40 shooting, which yeah. is just unbelievable. So I think that anytime, you know, he's in the game, they'd probably want to go away from him is what I would think. But I mean, it, it, it the, the looks are going to be there for both teams for sure. Yeah. That's the weird one where like my biggest worry with Golden State also is like, just they're going to have to go small so often. I feel like to match up with Dallas that like you're just kind of kind of like run out of bodies at some point right with Gary Payton I think it's a little different story but like you don't have too many options when like you know if Poole's just getting lit up back to back to back possessions like what do you kind of do right like you know you mentioned Otto Porter's gonna have to you know have a huge series but I just don't really know if Golden State has that many playable options right like do we see JTA get pulled out of nowhere and you know try and you know make it happen but like I don't feel comfortable with that you know <laughs> like I would definitely yeah. favor Dallas if like that's what they're having to go to that's the thing I mean that is the scary part about Golden State they do have guys that are just that have just kind of been collecting dust like yeah like JTA and like um Bielitsa um yeah but, I don't know if Bielitsa is playable at all this series I mean, he he. We haven't seen him this whole playoffs, yeah. really. Um, and same with JTA. Uh, so 
I, yeah, I do think that you're going to have to be really selective about who you play and don't play defensively against this team. Um, that can't attack you. Clay is not what he used to be um, on defense at all. And I think you're going to see that come to come to light maybe in this series. Um, Brunson is going to be able to attack him. Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie. Um, and if you're, if you're the Mavs and you have Dinwiddie playing like he does in game seven, I mean, you're kind of unbeatable. Like I, I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. like, like Dinwiddie's hitting step back threes and like just isolating for, you know, doing the Harden where he's just dribbling in between his legs for 10 <laughs> seconds and then steps back. Like, I don't know how you, how you come back from that. Like how you deal with that if you're any other team. Um, so if, if they're able to get him going, I think it could be over qu- quicker, but um, I, I still feel good about the Mavs. And one more thing. Um, I think the Mavs would prefer the Warriors to go small um, just just so that, you know, there's five shoot- shooters, right, quote unquote, for the Warriors, but five shooters on the floor for the Mavericks. And I think anytime you have that three guard lineup of Luka, Brunson, Dinwiddie, which hasn't really been seen in the playoffs, but, you know, anything could change, especially against the Warriors. They all three of them could get to the paint. And I think if Draymond is, you know, the last line of defense in the paint, then you're going to have Kleber, like like Aro said, Kleber um, open for threes. You may have Bullock off of that, Finney Smith. And it's just, it's just a matter about a matter of hitting the open looks that they're going to get. And they've been doing it, man. They just keep hitting these open looks. I mean, we gave so many to them. You know, it's just, you know, they're, they're not, this is the team that you really can't give open looks to. Was that like, is that, I don't know this about the Suns. Like, was that something that they've done? Like, are they in the Bucks mold where they're just giving up open threes on purpose? Not as, not to the extent the Bucks do it and not to the extent that we did it in this series. I think we kind of got forced into it just because, like, once you get mm-hmm. Luka penetration, like, it's just you're kind of picking between a layup and a three. And I think yeah. at some point Monty just kind of made the decision that, like, you got to have to give up the three. Um, but you saw us, like, kind of go back and forth on that, too, because, like, in game five, we kind of stuck with the shooters a lot more. In game four, we were sagging way off, right? And so, I don't know, we went back and forth on it, but, like, yeah, yeah not, not like the Bucs do it, for sure. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, um, predictions? Dallas and six. I have Mavs and six, too. All right, across Mavs and six across the board. Okay. Um <laughs> We're going to move into the East finals. <laughs> I feel like now they're not going to win. Now that we're all picking them. <laughs> I mean, probably not, but that, isn't that how it goes? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's unpredictable, man. Like, we've, I mean, we flip-flopped on Phoenix and Dallas like four times. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> like, the Pelican series is the same way. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's been like, it's how it goes. Um, okay, East finals, we have a rematch from the bubble, which was the wait. best of times, the worst of times. Um, our, our heat for life er, is very excited me. about this. Um, <laughs> for once, I'm probably not rooting for the heat. Uh, I don't really, yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> he's shocked. He's shocked right now. Blasphemy. Um, what is this? <laughs> I've been very excited about the possibility of this series happening ever since like last round. Um, and I really, I mean, we both thought the Bucks were going to win on Sunday and what happened is they allowed the highest amount of three point attempts in NBA playoff history and the Celtics just hit them. Grant Williams shot 18 threes in that game, made seven. Um, Dude, that's I thought he was cr- going to pull a Terry Rozier. That's just pretty crazy. Just yeah, I, total, yeah. I totally did too. I totally agree with you. I thought it was going to be, 
like when that game started and they were down, I was like, oh, this is going to be, this is the 2018 game where they just yep. miss everything. They go seven for 44. Um, but that wasn't the case. They held it off. Uh, salute to the Bucks, real quick. Um, I was pretty impressed about how they showed for being just being a team with limited options, having to play, having to play Grayson Allen, having to play, you know, um, guys like Brooke Lopez who have, yeah, guys who have weaknesses like Brooke Lopez, George Hill, Grayson Allen, big minutes. Um, what they did in game five should not be like glossed over by the fact that they lost the series because that was, I mean, that was incredible. And game six, you have Tatum, Tatum has the best game of his career to, that's what it took to beat you. And then, Game seven, you just kind of ran out of gas. Giannis probably at the forefront of that. Um, just missing missing shots he usually makes. And it's hard. They were kind of forced into this this defensive strategy of um, we're going to allow you to take a million threes. And the Celtics just hit them. Um, Drew Holiday, man, um, his, his thing where he's just hitting shots at the end of the shot clock constantly and the herky-jerky stuff that he's able to do. Um, really hurt them in this series. It was a rock fight. They battled to the better end. It was one, one of the more memorable, like, title defenses from the past, like, you know, 20 or so years. And I, I like, um, I think without Middleton, they would have won. Um, and I feel pretty good about that. But anyway, that's all in the past. Um, Celtics Heat is what we have now. We have the number one defense in the NBA, the Celtics, and the number four de- defense in the NBA, the Heat, um, facing off. They both play zone. There's a lot of similarities between these two teams. Um, this is not the same Celtics team that the Heat defeated in the bubble at all. Um, and it's not the same Heat team in a lot of ways either. And oh, it's not the same Heat team at all. Yeah, yeah they, they're only four guys from that team that, that were playing a lot. And that was that was Duncan Robinson, who doesn't really play for them anymore at all. Um, Hero, Bam, and Jimmy. And, you know, Jimmy's arguably been the second best player in these playoffs behind Giannis. And maybe Luka. I think there's an argument for Luca. Um, I think Luca's ahead, surely. You think? Yeah. He hasn't had a bad game. He hasn't had a bad game, but but yeah. I mean, Jimmy Jimmy's been really good. I I think I think Luca's been playing better opponents for sure. Like Miami has definitely had like the best easiest path of the four teams so far. I would say. Um, eh, maybe maybe Golden State, but um, it's 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 hard to say, but. Um, you have Jimmy and you have Tatum and I think whoever is the best player in the series between those two is going to win the series. Um, I, there's going to be a lot of switching screens. That's what these teams do. They're number one and two and like the frequency that they switch the ball screens. Um, the heat allow even more threes than the Bucks do. And we saw the Celtics win that series because they actually started hitting some of those shots outside of game one where they missed everything. Um, I don't think they're going to allow them to Boston. Though. I wouldn't think so either. Yeah. Um, I think they're, I think it's going to, it's going to be different from, it's going to be different than like letting Grant Williams get up. Like, yeah. you know, that many attempts. I don't think it's going to look like that, but I do think the Celtics are going to be able to get them in rotation a little bit. Um, you have two really good coaches, um, in Spolstra, probably the best coach in the league. And then Udoka, who, I mean, really proved himself, I think, especially in the Nets series, but um, was was pretty good in, in the Bucks series as well with some of the stuff he was doing, trusting Horford, things like that. Um, 
I think this might be like one of those rock fights where it's like whoever gets offensive rebounds and is able to score off the offensive rebounds, scoring in transition, uh, second chance points, that kind of thing. The Heat are really hurt by the Lowry being injured. Even when he does play, he's been abysmal because he's clearly he's just hurt. Um, and that that's where their transition offense comes from a lot of the time, him throwing those outlet passes. They're not going to be able to get that if he's not able to go. And he's it, it's been confirmed he's not going to play in game one um tonight so i like this for the celtics i do think they're the better team overall but i i think it's important to not underestimate miami um and it does seem does feel like a lot of people are just kind of glossing over them right now um they're gonna like defensive matchup wise. You, you're gonna have you're gonna have Tucker guarding Tatum probably, and and Jimmy guarding Jalen Brown. Um, I think the the smart thing for the Celtics to do would be to allow Tatum to guard Vincent um, and let him sort of just roam around and use his length to maybe deflect some passes, things like that. I don't know if, if I don't know if they're actually gonna do that. I'm sure this this stuff will change over the course of the series. Bam versus Grant Williams is going to be fun. Those two have a lot of history, like dating back to AAU. I was I was looking at some stuff earlier today about that. But um, Aro, you watched some film today. You said. I did. So what were Where your we insights? <laughs> um, yeah, the Tatum thing is, is pretty accurate. That well, so they had him on Larry um, in the game that I watched, uh, which was in late March. Uh, so that both teams were mostly at full strength. There was no old depot for Miami, and I think Boston would have been pretty much playing everybody that they're playing now. Um, the biggest insights I think from that was a lot of Lowry stuff, which now kind of goes out the window. Right. And so you kind of need Oladipo to replicate a lot of the stuff that Lowry was doing, which I don't know is entirely uh, fair to put on Oladipo, but a lot of, um, the high ball screens that Lowry was running with Bam and Deadman kind of now go to Oladipo, right. Especially with Larry L. Um, Boston, kind of so they, they do switch some but like it also depends on the lineup like if Horford and Tice are playing I, I don't know how much Tice is going to play I would assume Horford at least plays to start the series but you might have to like wane down the minutes quite a bit throughout the series um, and I'll touch on that a little bit later but you know if they are playing a big like a proper big then they're probably going to just play a drop coverage and like Oladipo and Bam just need to feast on that um Bam's floater game is is so nice um so he's going to get that you know he's going to get that look pretty much whenever he wants to um you're going to see a lot of high pick and rolls with Jimmy and, and Bam and, and Hero and Bam as well that's probably going to be the bulk of the offense I would assume especially going into the fourth quarters um Miami's half court offense we've touched on it before is messy <laughs> to say the it's least it's not good it's not good um and so you kind of have to go to like whatever works for sure and that's jimmy isos trying to get a big switch on to jimmy um this is why i'm saying that i don't know how much horford is going to play especially to close these games because if horford or tice is playing that mid-range is wide open for jimmy um you know horford was obviously a great option against Giannis, who wants to get to the paint a lot more um jimmy just kind of wants to grift fouls and shoot mid-range shots so it doesn't really work yes, he does. Um, and he's going to get those guys in foul trouble if they do play um i think grant williams is probably your best option um to to kind of like go small with him you know as the big um and well, you're playing Derek white as well you're playing probably Derek white as well yeah 
um, which sounds iffy, but like White also really stepped up towards the end of that series against Milwaukee. Durga, he's, um, I don't know, he's pretty feast or famine. He, he was really bad yeah. in game seven, really bad in games one and two. Outside of that, he was good. But he was really good um, in game six, yeah. So I don't know. But it's so unpredictable, um, you know, like you, you right. can't, like he could just go one for nine. Yep. And you're like, why are we playing this guy? Yep. And but, you don't want to yeah, throw Pritchard. Yeah. I don't think you're going to go you're, throw Pritchard into the fire. The problem with but. Pritchard is he's just probably a little bit too small to defend some of these guys. And Jimmy especially is just going to feast if he can get Pritchard on any switch. Um, so yeah. I think it's a problem. Um, now, on the other side, it does give you another three-point shooting option. So, like, I don't hate it. Um, much prefer that to, like, Derek White shooting threes. But I think for White to be effective, like, he's going to have to attack the paint as much as possible, uh, especially when Hero's on the floor. Um, he needs yeah, to they need to go guys. after Hero, and I think yeah, they will. And, I think Tatum I think, will go after Hero hard when, when he Well, I think Tatum's going to try and go after him, but I think you're almost better off trying to put Miami into rotation where Hero's the closeout guy and then having whoever is, like, the spot-up shooter attack off the dribble um, to kind of try and take Hero out. I think that's more where Hero's going to struggle than, like, just kind of straight up one-on-one where, A, you're going to bog down the offense, and, B, Miami is so good at sending help but still, like, essentially playing a zone with the helpers to where you're never really getting a clear wide open shot. Um, that's what I was saying. Like, I don't think Boston's going to get the same type of looks they got against Milwaukee because like, I mean, the game that I watched back, you know, Miami is one of the best closeout teams in the league, you know, um, yeah. when they want to. Um, so they're going to be flying out to shooters. You're going to get at least a flyby, if not an actual proper contest um, on pretty much all threes that Boston is taking. Um, so yeah, like you said, transition points are going to be huge for both teams. I don't really trust either team's half court offense. I know Boston's has sort of gotten a pass on its half court offense throughout this playoff, but like, I really, you know, like I don't trust their half court offense fully. Um, if it, if Tatum's not clicking, then like, it's sort of a scrappy sort of, you're hoping someone makes threes, but again, like they haven't really played defenses that have challenged that, um, and have as good rotations as Miami does. Um, so that really becomes a problem. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of Miami's weaknesses, they can really exploit. It has to be, you go after hero. Um, you have to try and I, I guess put Oladipo in some of these same situations as well. Um, and, and try and go after him just because he's a little smaller. And even then, like, it's not a great option, but it might be the best option they have. Um, Struess is going to need to be huge on defense. Um, I wouldn't, I think you said Struess is probably going to be the main, I don't know, I guess PJ will probably be the main option on Tatum to start. Yeah, I, I think that's the way to go. I wouldn't um, be surprised if they mix in some Struess in there too. Yeah. Because Struess has, I mean, he's got the hands, he's, he's got the lateral movement, he's got everything he needs. He probably gives up a little bit more size, but like, it's not like PJ is the tallest guy in the world either. Um, so I think you're going to see some combination of both those guys getting those matchups. Um, I will be curious how they use PJ offensively because um, they kind of got stuck in that rut early in the Philadelphia series where they just kind of stuck him in a corner. Um, but you saw like in the games that they won later in the series games five and six, they really use PJ as more of like an off ball cutter. Yeah, um, he was that, cutting. Yeah. I didn't think they were going to do those, Right. And he's getting into like those weird, like half spaces almost like by the elbow, just kind of he's in the dunker in spot. The wing. He's in the dunker spot essentially, but he's like moving. He's not just kind of stationary. He's in the dunker, in the dunker spot, spot, but he's not like a lob threat. It's like a different. Exactly. Way. It's a very weird thing, but like it works and he finishes pretty well in the paint. Well, so that's like the supposed stuff. That's just like yeah. the genius of like using <laughs> yeah. the, the 
things that just you're not going to see from other teams. Yeah, and, and they have a lot of really capable passers. Jimmy loves finding go- guys in those areas. Um, Bam is same deal. Um, I think the biggest miss with Larry might be the like the handoff threat um, because I mean like Bam Larry handoffs are just like killer for Boston. Like it's so hard to defend for any team, and like Boston just doesn't really have an answer for it. If they go big, then like you're kind of giving up a three. If you go small, then Larry probably tries and you know takes it to the rim. Without Lowry, I don't know if you run those same things for Oladipo and kind of hope that, you know, he's able to kind of attack the paint off that. Um, but I don't know if I've seen enough from Oladipo that makes me super comfortable with saying that's going to, like, kind of decide the series. Oladipo um, was working against that Atlanta defense that's really shoddy. And, like, yeah. I don't know. The Celtics are not that team. Um, right. Well, both teams can go zone in this series, and I think you'll see that. Um, yeah probably more a little bit from the heat. The, the thing that worries me about picking the Celtics here is that the heat are not afraid to ratchet up like the ball pressure type yeah. stuff. And oh we've God. seen the Celtics just kind of have these inexplicable, inexplicable like turnovers where like, it seems like Jalen Brown just kind of forgets how to dribble. And, um, and they drew in I, I, like, if the Bucks had a deeper rotation, I think you would have seen Drew like ball pressuring like full court a little bit more, maybe. Um, and like the Nets were not doing that at all because they don't have the they don't have the personnel. But um, if the Heat are doing that with like Vincent, where Vincent's Vincent's like you know ninety four feet of hell, he's like just <laughs> he's just everywhere um, all the time and doesn't doesn't need doesn't need to shoot. Um, and I think Struess, you'll see that with Struess maybe a little bit too. Uh, Duncan Robinson, where he fits in all of this, I don't know. Um, I was going to say, I think you're going to see a lot of Duncan Robinson early in some of these games. I think they're going to throw him out like you saw in the bubble. Like, I think they're going to do it just because I think really? it's worth I don't. the I, risk. I, I think it is. If you play him in the right lineups, I think it's worth the risk. I think it's, I definitely agree that's worth the risk, but I, I think the fact that they didn't go to it against Philly, maybe they, maybe they felt like Philly, they didn't need to, but. A, they didn't need to, but I think Philly is also a little bit too much, like, size. Like, you don't want to bleed points to a team that you already think you're going to be able to beat, if that makes sense. Boston, I feel like you're more comfortable kind of taking the risk versus reward because, like, the risk I don't think is as high. Like, I feel like Boston is almost a worse offensive team. Be interrupt you for a second, just one second, then y'all can go back to that. Yeah. Um, Marcus Smart is out for the game tonight, and then they just put Al Horford in health and safety protocols, so he's out oh. for maybe game one, and who knows how much. That's huge. Wow. Okay. That's, well, yeah. I, I I knew that Smart was questionable. Um, the Horford thing is, like, I think a way bigger deal, but just came out. Wow. Okay, it's uh, maybe we forced the Boston to go small early. Uh, maybe not. Hey, dude. I mean, I'm glad that I took the heat when I did for yeah. game one. But um, wow, this God, what? Okay, the health and safety protocols thing. Like, it seems so. Like, like didn't Bam, didn't Bam get in it like right at the start of the playoffs too? And like, no one really know. Yeah, but like Is he didn't miss he a game. The game. Didn't he miss a game against Atlanta? I don't know, but why does the NBA care about the health and safety protocol stuff anymore? Because the fans, like, no one, like, if, if there's no masks in the arena, I don't really see the point. All right, anyway. You don't even have to be vaccinated to get in the arena, do you? No. 
right? Yeah. So like, there's no, no, no. Yeah, like they don't care at all about the fans. Like yeah. the fans are like literally sitting right there beside or behind the players. I mean, you know, the, like Jim Brown's not vaccinated. I'm like pretty sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. Like, uh, wow. Okay, that that's big news. Um, I mean, I would imagine that's like two games for Horford max, but um, I didn't I didn't know smart injury was that serious. I well, mean, I, I think, think he's, I, I think Horford's unvaccinated too. Oh, so that it might be more than two games, but but who knows? Okay, yikes, that hurts. Um, that's kind of making me change my prediction on the fly here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. Um, I guess Aro, do you have other angles? Because I think the zone stuff you'll see it early from Miami. Um, yep, you're gonna see a lot of zone early. Um, I think, yeah, we touched on Derek White. Um, Brown is gonna be huge, I think, on the series. Uh, he's going to have to be uh, aggressive. He's going to need to be a scorer um, if they want to win. Uh, and then, yeah, Tatum, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of Tatum, man. I, I think he – I would favor him against PJ. Uh, you know, I, I, I feel pretty comfortable about, like, picking Tatum to comfortably win that matchup. Like, I don't think PJ is that shutdown defender anymore, especially against a guy like Tatum. But uh, I think that Jimmy – I think Jimmy's just going to play better. Jimmy's going to have so much space to work with. Um, they may have to put Tatum on him at some point just to slow him down. Because I, I don't know, like, if he can kind of get by with putting, like, I don't even know who, who else would you put. Like, Smart is too small. I don't think Brown can really handle that matchup. So, I don't know. I think yeah. Jimmy just feasts. Shit. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, uh, the, man, the, Wow. Okay. I'm glad I've like that news is really like shook my rocks my whole world here. Um what were you gonna go? Now I'm curious. I was gonna go Celtics in six and now I'm kinda wow. leaning count now okay. I'm kinda leaning heat. If they can't pick I mean if they can't win either of the first two games, like I, I Well, I don't think they were gonna win either of the first two games anyways. In Miami? What's what's so terrifying about playing in Miami? Their fans Those suck. empty red seats, man. Those are scary empty Their red fans seats. are always late to the games. It's the, it's the worst. It's traffic, man. It's traffic. They do I, – I did kind of look into this, and they said, like, the since the arena is, like, on the water, it's really hard to get there. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Come on. No, I, I, got um, a, I got a Heat fan that lives in Miami, so he, like <laughs> – every time I bring it up, he's like, dude, like, traffic. You don't understand Miami traffic. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a solution. There has to be a solution. I don't know. Um, as far as predictions go, now I'm kind of like, now I'm kind of leaning heat almost because I I do think uh, if they go down 2-0, Miami. Al Horford is that big to you? He kind of won them the Bucks series. Like I, it's I such a different series. The Bucks don't have that guy like Jimmy that's just gonna cook them over and over again. I think he would be useful against Bam if Grant Williams is in foul trouble. It's just a bot. Like it's a it's a body. Like. You're gonna have to like you need more Derek White. I don't know how much I trust Derek White. Like I, I, I don't, I don't trust Derek White. Um, yeah. Damn. Okay, I'm gonna go Heat and seven. I, I'm going Heat and six. Heat and six. Yeah. And six. Okay. I want that Heat Dallas final part three. Give it to me. So is that is that the matchup y'all both want? Like, oh, what, yeah. Drew, do you want that as well? Uh, yeah, absolutely. That'd be fun. The storylines <laughs> leading into that game, the trash dog, it'd be awesome. It'd be fantastic. Okay. That'd be such yeah. a fun series. I think that would be fun. I think yeah. I think the NBA, like I think the NBA would want Celtics Warriors to be the matchup. Yes. 
with like and I think like the I think like Celtics Mavs is like kind of not that fun, strangely. But cause I think they I mean they just have so many guys to throw at Luca. I kinda think that would be a hard series for the Mavs to win. But I think the Mavs would win that really comfortably not comfortably, but like I think they would win it still, so, yeah. Wow. Okay. Because I um, like I think the Celtics would prefer going against Golden State than against Dallas. That might be a take. On the contrary, I think Miami would prefer going against Dallas than Golden State. Also, yes. Yeah. Miami Golden State would be awesome. Really that was my original pick, I guess. It really would. <laughs> Not original. Um, pick, yeah. Damn, I guess I'm going. I guess I'm going Heat. I don't know. I I really was prepared to pick the Celtics here, but that that the Horford thing is like making me. I mean, the, the, he was going to get played off the floor anyways. That's fine. Played off the floor by who? <laughs> like, he's, he's solid yeah. both. Like. I don't know, man. I, I don't <laughs> – everything I saw in the game I just watched, I did not like Horford for this series. Okay. Uh, well, it's a little different with Lowry out, but, like, I, I think still. I don't I don't like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, I guess I'll switch. I guess I'll stick with Heat and seven, but that's tough. All right. Um, that's going to be all for today. Uh, heat game tips off in about two and a half hours. Um, so enjoy that. Mavs will be tomorrow. It's the Warriors, and we will return later in the week to discuss 